What's up, everybody? Welcome on this Wednesday night, uh, not a Friday, on a Wednesday. This is the Philip Jordan Show on Wiregrass Daily News Sports. I am Philip Jordan, in studio host and producer of Dothan's Football on I 6.9, the legend. And what we usually do on Fridays, we're doing here on this Wednesday night. I am joined by Matt Lowe from Field Level Media. We're going to preview rivalry weekend and uh matt as always it's a uh, good to talk to you uh I'm, re- I'm excited this is it's sad in ways because we're toward the end of the season but this is always one of the most exciting weeks of the college football season oh yeah rivalry re- weekend man i mean you never know what can happen and uh it has gone by fast you know it just seemed like yesterday we were doing a couple of the, uh, the earlier in the season so uh a lot of big games, man. A lot riding on it. I mean, I've heard 50,000 scenarios of the past two weeks of what could happen. So we're about to see what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll have our, our turkey on, on Thursday tomorrow, and then we'll get ready for the, the egg ball on Thursday night. You know, before we jump into that, Matt, uh, I like asking people this on this week. What What's going to be your go-to dish tomorrow? What are you most excited about devouring off of your plate on Thanksgiving. Well, I'm going to my mother and father-in-law's uh, place, and they always have a great spread, man. I, you know, I like the turkey and giblet gravy. Uh, the dressing, tur- dressing turkey and giblet gravy poured all over all of it. So that's what I like the most, man. I mean, I, heck, I eat any of. It. I like the I like the filled peas too, man. I'm a big peas guy. I always look forward to like the dressing. The dressing is one of my yes. favorite things to go to. And the, the dessert table. I mean, I like the ham and the turkey. I'll eat both of them. I'm not one of those that is either or on on that. I like both of them, but at the dessert table. Give me some uh, some sweet potato pie, some pumpkin pie, pecan pie, either one. I, I'm ready to go. So uh, that's all. Also, also like English uh, bean casserole. Okay, never had that's that good. one. That's good stuff. Okay. Okay. I need that. Anybody out there that knows me locally uh, that can make that, hit your boy up. I, I like to try. Uh, now, let's look back, you know, to the football stuff. Uh, week 12, looking back at last week, we were kind of talking about some stuff off the air with Auburn, what happened to them this past week. We talked about last week when we did this. This is kind of like what's well, supposed to be in a slow weekend of college football. Not a lot of great matchups, but all, look, we should know better. Something always interesting happens in college football every single week. Uh, I've kind of talked about this stuff throughout the week, but just kind of looking back at last week, some standouts for you. Well, I mean, Bo Nix, I mean, you know, six touchdown passes, pretty good. And then uh, Jaden McDaniels, he puts on a show too. So, I mean, uh, too, I tell you what, there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the, around the country this year, and, and, and NFL executives are going to have a fun time trying to pick which one they want, especially the guys higher in the draft. So. Yeah, I mean, the Auburn game, that was a stunner. I don't think anybody saw that happen. Kind of took a little luster off the Iron Bowl, but we'll get more into that when we break down that game. But, you know, I mean, kind of, everything kind of played out the way we thought it would. And, and like I said, now is the time we're getting to the nitty-gritty and uh, a lot of good football matchups. And I think this this thing's going to settle itself out. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, I, I was listening to somebody the other day. I forget what show I was listening to. And I got to thinking, and I agreed. We haven't really had a, like, shake-up Saturday this season like we normally do. We haven't had one that kind of, like, resets everything. Okay, a bunch of teams that were contenders got beat. We kind of got to figure stuff out. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of been like a chalk season pretty much. It has. And, you know, which Ohio State and Michigan, somebody's going to lose that game. I think Florida has a shot at Florida State. I mean, now that 
which both backup quarterbacks from what a man that was sad about Jordan Travis, man. I hated that for him. He's a great kid and great player. And I hated to see that. That was a, that was a tough injury, man. And, uh, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we can all talk about this, these scenarios and this scenarios, but until these guys actually get on the field and play each other and you got conference championship games too, I mean, somebody's going to lose in those. So, and I, I don't know the criteria of the, the college football playoff committee, committee. I think they're putting a lot of stock in Oregon. I mean, I think Oregon's a good team, but it goes back to me with Oregon. If Dan Lanning would have kicked two field goals, they would be undefeated, you know? So it's, I, I don't know. I mean, I, and I mean, you're going to keep a one loss Georgia team out of the playoff. Mm-hmm. If, if Alabama beats them, I mean, I don't know. They're, they're playing in the best league, man. I mean, so I, I, I don't know. It's, somebody's going to have some tough decisions to make. I, I think if, you know, c- certain things play out the way they're supposed to. Yeah. And another thing too, now you mentioned with Florida state and Jordan Travis. Now me and you don't talk a lot about the rankings. Uh, when we do this, we just look at the games, but they did put Florida state at five, which you can also look at a Washington who they beat and they've, their schedule is, you know, they beat more ranked teams than Florida State has. But I'm also kind of worried and concerned, are they punishing Florida State because Jordan Travis is not there? Because my opinion is if they beat Florida and then they beat a really good Louisville team in the ACC championship game, that team deserves to be in the playoff. Because, you know, and we'll get a more Florida State later when we talk about the Florida-Florida State game. But I just hope the committee is not punishing Florida State too much for the Jordan Travis injury. Yeah, I mean, weren't they four last week? I think they're number four yep. last week, and so they yep. dropped. Uh, I think this is the sole reason because they lost their quarterbacks while they dropped. I mean, and Oregon was also very impressive on the road as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's we'll see how it shakes out. Now, if Florida beats them this weekend, it's over, you know. Yeah. Um, and that that's the case for a couple of teams, you know, and. Texas, they might have their hands full with Texas Tech. I mean, Texas Tech's playing well, so you know, still a lot to shake out. Yeah, so let's jump to let's jump to the games. We're gonna start off with Thursday night. Uh, if we're still not in, a, if we're not in a food coma uh, by the time six thirty rolls around on Thursday night, the Egg Bowl. This is one of the most underappreciated rivalries I think in college football. Now, of course, both me and Matt were in the state of Alabama. I think we have a little bit of an idea the hatred and the intensity of the egg bowl but i think a lot of people around the country do not uh but number 12 Ole miss at nine and two they'll be at mississippi state his five and six they got will rogers back last week so that's that's a big part of this too 6 30 espn Ole miss is listed as a 10 point favorite the over under is 54 and a half points will rogers being back but they weren't always great before he was injured and, you know he's the shoulder deal with him, you know, he can't be like 100% of what he is, but I don't know. It just feels like this is going to be an uphill climb for Mississippi state. I agree. I mean, I think Ole Miss is head and shoulders, the better team. I mean, I think they're more, the way they're constructed, they're just a better overall team. And I think Jackson dark, you know, I think he'll pick apart that defense for Mississippi state. I mean, that Southern Miss made a run at him last weekend. The Southern Miss, not a good football team. So uh, I, I I think something like a 35-17 game, something like that. I mean, Ole Miss is still playing pretty good defense too. So the only the only uh, way I see Mississippi State winning this game is letting Will, Will Rogers throw the rock around. 
and just letting him do what they were doing under Mike Leach. I mean, I'd, I'd say, hey, man, this is your playbook. You call what you want, go do it. And, I, I mean, because he's that, he's that kind of a player. But, I mean, I just don't see them – I just don't see that happening. Yeah, last week against Southern Miss, he was 12 of 27 for 144 with two touchdowns, zero interceptions. He did have a game early against South Carolina. They need to, that's what they need to do, what they did against South Carolina. When they lost 30 to 37, he was 30 of 48 for 487 in one touchdown. But that was kind of like the only really time this season they really kind of let him be the air raid, the Mike Leach version of Will Rogers. Of course, uh, Arnett's gone, you know. Greg Knox is there. I mean, you know, hey, look, it's the last game. They got to get – if they want to play another game, they have to win this game to get to six wins. My thing is just throw everything at Ole Miss. You got nothing to lose. And and I like Ole Miss in the game too. No, and I heard something. I think this was – it was on the Paul Feinbaum show or something. But uh, Greg Knox is like 3-0 and as an interim coach. Like every everywhere he, he – he's undefeated as an interim coach. So, and he won again last week. So, let's, we'll see if he can – Keep it rolling. Yeah, this is the first time he's not following Dan Mullen. He did it the first time at Mississippi State when Dan Mullen left to go to Florida, and then when Dan Mullen got let go at Florida. So at least this time he's not uh, the interim for Dan Mullen. But, you know, Ole Miss, too, look, you're 9-2. You got a chance at a 10-win season. You don't get that often with Ole Miss. Look, I think if they lost this game, Lane Kemp's not going to lose his job, but there'll be some whispers and some some pressure on him. So how did you lose this one to Mississippi State? Because like we said, he did rivalry. Yeah, I, I just I don't see that happening though. I mean, if anything, yeah. I don't think it's going to cost Lane his job. No, I don't either. I'm just saying, you know, you know how. But that that state, if he was to lose to this Mississippi State team, as bad as it's been most of the year. Now Friday. Now I have. I still, Matt. I'm 37, so. I see Arkansas playing today after Thanksgiving. I I still think they should be playing LSU, the battle for the golden boot. Oh, yeah. That was always what I expected after Thanksgiving. But, of course, the SEC, I guess they had to give Missouri a rival, so they're, you know, forcing this rivalry on us, and so you can get LSU and A&M in a rivalry on the last week of the season, too. But number nine, Missouri, nine and two. Uh, impressive victory uh, last week. They, they beat Florida come from behind. They're, they're playing really well, like I said, 9-2. They'll be at Arkansas, who got a win. They're 4-7. Uh, 3 o'clock on CBS on Friday. Missouri is a 9-point favorite, and the over-under is 55 and a half. I'll let you kind of start this one off. I got to start off the last one. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one? Well, which which Arkansas team's going to show up? You know, the one that played Bama tough, the one that played LSU tough, I mean, or the one that got blown out by Auburn. I mean, we, who knows? I mean, and I, like, like last week, I was flipping the coin on Kentucky and uh, South Carolina. Uh, but, man, Missouri, they're just, to me, they're an impressive team, and I think they're really playing well right now. I mean, on all sides. I was watching them on defense last week. I mean, they have very good technique on their defensive line. Whoever's coaching that D-line, I don't know who it is off the top of my head, but their technique on defense is really good. They 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 lock up and they get their heads up and they they attack the ball. So uh I, I, I like Missouri big here. I, I think uh, so, so, I, I'm always hesitant on rivalry games to, to say somebody's gonna blow the other one out. Just because it's a rivalry game. You just don't know. But I just think Missouri's the better team here, and I see them. I see them winning a kind of a high scoring game. I say like 35 to 21, something like that. 
Yeah, I'm kind of insane with you about 31-17 or somewhere in there because the Missouri offense is just hard to stop. And Arkansas's defense has not been good this year. I mean, mm-hmm. all the close games, I mean, they still haven't been good. When you've got Brady Cook, you got Cody Schrader at running back who's played great all year. And Luther Bird, one of the best receivers, not just in the SEC, but college football overall. And they've got other good receivers too as well. I do wonder if it will be kind of a shot in the arm for Arkansas with some momentum, knowing that their head coach is going to be back next year. That was reported early in the week that, Sam Pittman would be back as the head coach next year. And look, KJ Jefferson's final game. I, I, I like Missouri too. I think Missouri's going to win this, get the 10 and 2. And that's big for Eli Drinkwitz to get a 10 win season because, you know, I think there was kind of some wonder is this guy it? Because going into this year, they've never had more than six wins in, in his three years. But yeah, I'm going with Missouri, but I said, I think Arkansas could be sneaky here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, they're, they're capable, no doubt. I mean, it's just, it's like I said, which which team's gonna show up? It's, yeah, I mean, you can say that about several teams, but look, man, I, I just think Missouri's playing well. They've beaten a couple of good teams pretty good in the last couple of weeks. And that Florida yeah. team, I'll say this about Florida, man, their offense isn't the problem. Mm-mm. I mean, Graham Mercer isn't the problem, and I, I that was the reason. And again, we'll get in Florida later. I was not big on Graham Mertz because what I saw at Wisconsin. I guess him and Jackson Dart, I both owe apologies to this year, Matt, going into here because uh, I had no confidence in either of these quarterbacks. But, yeah, he's played well. So, yeah, yeah, that you're right. The Florida offense, that's not the issue. Now let's jump into Saturday. Now we're going to leave the SEC for a second here. Uh, the big game at 11 o'clock, we mentioned it earlier. Number two, Ohio State at number three, Michigan. They're both 11, and 0, 11 o'clock. On Fox, Michigan is a three-point favorite. This one, the over/under is forty-five and a half. I want to go first on this one. I'm picking Ohio State to win this game. Ryan Day has heard, you know, how his teams aren't physical. I think Ohio State's a much better defensive team this year than they have been in years past. I think they are more physical up front. They're not as great at quarterback, but you got Marvin Harrison Jr. at wide receiver, and I think he should have a big day. I just think. This is a pride game. And then I know they're going to Michigan. Jim, I think the Jim Harbaugh not being on the sideline thing is where it comes and bites Michigan this week. And I just think just kind of Ohio State is just want to wants to rise up and just kind of get rid of some of those doubters. They did it earlier against Notre Dame. Look, check this out. Ohio State has not beat Michigan since 2019 because they did not play each other in 2020 during the COVID season. And then the last two seasons – Michigan has won this game, and the way Michigan dominated both games, too. So, I'm going to go with the Buckeyes on this one. Yeah, and a key matchup to watch here will be Mike Sainer-Steele, Michigan's defensive back. He's got four interceptions, two return for touchdowns, but he's only 5'10", 180 pounds. Marvin Harrison's a big boy. Uh, Like you said, two great defenses. I think the teams are built similarly. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at both teams, I mean, they're kind of – a mirror image of each other. Uh, Kyle McCord's playing well there at quarterback for Ohio State. Trevion Henderson has really been hot the last couple of weeks running the ball. Uh, this is a game where whoever runs the ball the best is probably the, the one likely to win. Uh, I, I'm like you. I'm leaning Ohio State. But I don't know. Michigan's Michigan really impressed me with that win over Penn State. You know, and – with them being at home, I, I say they win by a field goal. I think that line's just about right. And uh, I like J.J. McC- – I think the, the experience J.J. McCarthy has there at quarterback for Michigan and Blake Corum. 
I like the Wolverines at home by by three ball, man. Yeah, it's going to be interesting early on this game. See how Kyle McCord quarterback handles this game. It, you know, yeah. this is a big atmosphere. I mean, this is a playoff game. Let's call it what it is, because we know the winner of this game is playing Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. This is the Big Ten championship. I'm sorry, Iowa is not going to beat either one of these teams the following week. So, honestly, it is almost as like the Big Ten should be like, can we just play these two? Can these two play two weeks in a row? Because this, these are the best two teams in the conference, without a doubt. Yeah, and watching Iowa play is like watching paint dry, man. I mean, they're I'd rather game watch they, paint dry. I'd rather yeah, watch I mean, paint every dry. Every game they play is like 10 to 7, 12 to 5, 13 to 10, 12 to 11. I mean, it's like, dude, what are you doing? I mean, are y'all in the 1920s? I mean, I, I, oh, but going back to this game, I mean, I think the Harbaugh thing has actually been a little motivator for Michigan, to be honest with you. I think it's like us against the world mentality. And I still, watching Kyle McCord against Penn State's defense, he looked he looked, he looked, confused. So, I, I don't know, man. I just like Michigan at home, and I like Michigan. I think the experience they have. But, I mean, either team can win. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I know people – Listen to people break down games on like here and that, but I mean it's true. This thing could go either way. Yeah, it, it, re- it really could. And this is not a situation where the loser could get in. Because I think both their schedules is not good enough if they lost to, to get into the playoffs. Still, all right. So let's jump back into the SEC. Six and five, Kentucky at ten and one, Louisville. Louisville ranked tenth in the college football playoff rankings. Eleven a.m. This will be on ABC. Louisville is a seven and a half point favorite. The over under. It's 50 and a half points. I watched the Miami Louisville game last week and I kept hearing the announcer talk about how uh, how Plummer, Jack Plummer, no relation to Jake Plummer. I thought for the longest they were related for somehow, but there's no relation whatsoever between the two. But it seemed like they protect him. Now that great win beat Miami, which Miami played really good last week. Uh Van Dyke was awesome in that game. Yeah. They just couldn't pull it out in the end. Uh and you know, tied up and sent to overtime. But it seems like they have to protect their quarterback with the run game a lot and play action. Like most of his touchdown passes have come off play action. They're they're solid defensive team. Kentucky, they're six and five. They don't want to be six and six. I actually I think Louisville wins the game. They're the better team. They've shown that. But you know, if Leary can do what Van Dyke did last week, I mean Kentucky can put up some points on this team potentially. Yeah, and Kentucky needs to get Barry and Brown the ball more. That kid mm-hmm. is an explosive player, man. He he, I try to get him the ball any which way possible. And I I, I said it last week with with Louisville's offensive line that the Virginia gave them problems. And I said last week too, if when Van Dyke when he's on, that's a different team. I mean, yeah. and, and he's well, he's a good quarterback, man. I mean, and, and so. I'm I'm with you. I'm leaning like Kentucky's going to make this a game somehow. I don't know why, but uh, I, I just do. I think Devin Leary from playing in the ACC might be familiar with what Louisville does a little bit, you know, and might pass what he knows on to the coaching staff. Uh, so I, I, I'm with you, man. I think Louisville gets a win, but it would surprise me if Kentucky upsets them. But uh, I'll roll with Louisville in a tight game. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. It's always interesting rivalry. I remember when these two used to play at the beginning of the year. Uh, this used to always be that JP Sports week one 
11 30 yeah. game back yeah. in the day back in the day oh uh, another 11 o'clock game we got um, a bunch of 11 o'clock games here we're talking about Texas A&M at 7-4. and four. They will be playing at number 14, LSU, 830. It's just weird. Baton Rouge at 11 o'clock. Just, just a weird For having it that early. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ESPN, LSU, they're an 11.5-point favorite. The over-under, 66.5. I think that's due to LSU, that over-under. Look, I think the thing is here, how many touchdowns is Jaden Daniels going to score? Because, look, he doesn't play next week. LSU's not in all championship Saturday. So they're going to try to up his stats like they did last week against Georgia State. I like LSU big in this one, but just I just think they're going to try to score a bunch of points and make Jaden Daniels' stats look really good in this game. Yeah, and and the one thing that we said about A and M all year though, they got a pretty good defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's but but the problem with them has been their offense or consistency anyway on offense, and you know Jaden Daniels he's probably going to surpass 4,000 yards passing. He's already got 1,000 yards rushing. I, I, I think the dudes ran for about 100 yards about every game. So, I mean, you're talking about a guy that could finish with over 4,000 yards passing, maybe 40 touchdowns, and in the bowl game he'll get there. 12 to 1,300 yards rushing. I mean, goodness gracious. Hey, I think, man – yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think he seals the Heisman up right here. Actually, I think he sealed it up last week. But, uh, and, and, you know, went for a couple of uh, tight losses. And like I said, LSU's had trouble with, you know, problems with uh, injuries all year to their defense, man. They've lost some really good players on that side of the ball. So you can't – that's tough to blame that side of the ball when that happens. But I like LSU here. I, I, I think this might be a little bit better game too, though, man. I mean – just because A&M's defense is pretty good. So, I, I I say LSU probably by about two touchdowns. Yeah, let's face it. LSU's defense isn't good. So, no. I mean, they, they, teams have put moves the ball on them that probably haven't done as great against other teams, too. Yeah, Jaden Daniels is second in the SEC at rushing. Uh, the one that's ahead of him is Cody Schrader with almost 1,300, and Jaden Daniels has a little over 1,000 uh, yards rushing. So, not always used to seeing a quarterback doing that in the SEC, but no, incredible man. I mean, and just an incredible player, man. I mean, and I hate to see get hurt against Alabama, man. That could have been a another win for him potentially, but uh, yeah, man, just an electrifying player. Absolutely. So next up, we're going to jump into the Sun Belt, of course, uh, down here in Wiregrass. We're really, really close to Detroit. So Detroit Trojans at nine and two will be at Southern Miss, who is three and eight. You mentioned. Early. They're not a good football team when they played Mississippi State last week. Uh, this is 11 o'clock on ESPNU. Troy's a 16.5-point favorite. The over-under is 47.5. My only thing here is Troy don't be looking ahead to the Sunbelt Championship game, which is next week. A win here should lock up hosting the game. Uh, Coastal Carolina will be playing James Madison that day. Of course, James Madison can't play in the Sunbelt Championship game. Uh, how do you see this one going? It seems like this should be an easy one for Troy. Well, Southern Miss has a freshman quarterback. I think his name's Ethan Crawford. Uh, he's been playing a little bit more for, for them. And the only reason I know this was because I did the preview and recap for this. I, watched, I covered this game for field level. And uh, he's pretty good, man. I mean, and, and the coach was uh, wary about playing him because he would, he would lose a red shirt here. So they're he he's been playing and they've been scoring a little bit more. So you're right, Troy. You know they're on the going on the road. I mean, so they better be careful about this game, especially with that kid at quarterback. He's a pretty good player, man. I mean, and uh, 
So I don't know what the, the total lot, the line is on this game or whatnot, but Troy could be in for a tough matchup if that kid's playing at quarterback. Yeah, it's a 47 and a half. So yeah, Troy, look, they had an interesting game with uh, Louisiana Lafayette, with Lafayette last week, Louisiana. I just butchered their name to, to pieces, but luckily, hopefully no one from over there will hear me say that. But uh it was 31-24. Troy had to pull one out. And there was a couple weeks ago, and we talked about this with Louisiana. They were having a really good year. Southern Miss upset them a few weeks ago on a Thursday night. So we, yeah. we kind of seen that comparison. And Southern Miss has a good running back, uh, Frank Gore's son. Uh, I think Frank yes. Gore Jr. Yeah, a really yes. solid back. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, you look at three and eight, so, okay, Troy should take care of business. But, like I said, if they're overlooking and getting thinking, already thinking about the Sunbelt Championship game, this could be a – I wouldn't say upset alert, but this could be a, a dangerous game. Yeah, man. I mean, they've won two of their last three games, and they lost at Mississippi State. So, better be careful. I mean, and, and, and it goes back to what we talked about before the show, man, about Nick Saban and how his team stay focused, and they hardly ever lose two games in a row. I mean, you just – it's remarkable, man. I mean, you got to have so much focus, especially with kids 18 to 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just – I just going to throw this out there – I don't think his name is hot for any of these openings, but John Summerall's name has been thrown around as potential candidate for some of the job openings out there too. Uh, Mississippi State, yeah. I think, was one of them. So just kind of that uh that rat poison that uh, Nick Saban's always talking about. Uh, yep. Back into the SEC, two and nine Vanderbilt will be at seven four Tennessee two thirty on the SEC Network. Tennessee's a twenty seven point favorite here. The over under is fifty seven half. I'm pretty sure we're both picking Tennessee here. Uh, they should they should roll. I agree. Totally agree. I mean, and uh, another pretty de- pretty decent season for Josh Heupel and a kind of a rebuilding year. But, yeah, Tennessee mm-hmm. rolls big here. Oh, that's, a, that's a big line of four touchdowns. I mean, I definitely think points will be scored. Yeah, and kind of really disappointing year for Vanderbilt. You know, this team went five and seven last year, had upset wins over Kentucky and Florida. You kind of felt like maybe Cartley had them going the right direction. Injuries at quarterback defensively, they just weren't good. Look, we know we don't have the athletes, but I think a lot of people may be hoping maybe Vanderbilt could just get that one more win this year, get to six and six, and maybe it's a bowl game. But going to a nine is definitely a step backwards for them. Yeah, and I, I think their problem has been is defense. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, and that's. Here, here's the thing, man. If you got a poor program, you know, I'd much rather have a strong defense than a strong offense. I mean, of course, offense wins games nowadays too, but at least defense can keep you in the game. Yeah, and you just never know. In college, turnovers and stuff like that, you never know yeah. how it can go. Yeah. Uh, this next one, number one, Georgia, of course, 11-0. and 0. They will be at Georgia Tech, 6-5. and five. Nice little season there for Georgia Tech. I think they're showing improvement under head coach Brett Key. Haynes King at quarterback has been solid for them this year. Uh, this is 6.30. ABC, Georgia's a 24-point favorite. Over-under is 59-and-a-half. Uh, Matt, any way Georgia Tech makes this a game? I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> I just don't. I mean, everything's on the line now for Georgia. You know, and I just – Kirby's kind of like Nick Saban. I mean, he, he learned under him. So, he, he knows – hey, man, we, he knows how to keep his team focused or what they got to do, and, and their experience. So, I, I don't. I mean, hey, Brent, like you said, with Key, though, he's done a heck of a job with this Georgia Tech program. And there's no reason Georgia Tech shouldn't be good. And one thing that holds them back a little bit is you got to be so smart to get in the school. So, uh, but uh, I think Georgia rolls here pretty big. 
I do too. I do too. I remember when this was one of the better rivalries too, but it really, you know, it is a rivalry, but it really isn't because Georgia just wins and, and dominate every year. I think when it, I think when Mark Rick was the coach at Georgia, Georgia would be having a really good year, and then somehow, some way, on this game, they'd slip up. Yeah, and no. lose the Georgia Paul, Tech. Paul Johnson, right? When he he was their yeah. coach, that triple option offense would give you, just give them fits, man. I mean, um, yeah, I mean they'd be, they'd be having some really good season. All of a sudden, Georgia Tech upset them, and those were always pretty good games too, man. High scoring games, entertaining games. Yeah, I remember a couple of overtime ones. That was yeah, like yeah. I said, it was it was it just seemed like they always tripped Georgia up on that last game of the regular season. Yeah. Uh, another ACC SEC matchup. The next two are actually that uh, number twenty four Clemson seven and four will be at South Carolina five and six trying to get bowlers would upset over over Clemson six thirty SEC Network. Clemson's a seven and a half point favorite. The over under is fifty one and a half. Clemson had a really good performance defensively last week. I think. Uh, slowing down Drake May and of course South Carolina. Hey, they've won what three games in a row now. Uh, they're playing well. Uh, they beat Kentucky last week, so Spencer Rattler and uh, and crew going to need to put some points. They beat Clemson last year. Clemson's probably looking for revenge. I don't know. I I told you I thought there was a path for South Carolina to get bowl eligible a few weeks ago. Uh, everyone went away from it. Yeah, and. That game against Kentucky, I mean, I was expecting a shootout, and it was a, what, 2017, something like that? So I, I yeah, 17-14, yeah. 17, yeah. Something like that. But, uh, man, I dude, there's no doubt about the South Carolina players are going to do all they can to get six wins. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 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 going to be on their minds big time. And as Xavier Leggett goes wild, man, I mean, I think they can, I think they can get them up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the upset here, man. Although I'm probably crazy for thinking this, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna say South Carolina pulls a kind of close one. Well, I, I was gonna go with it too. I thought you was gonna shake your head at me. And look, this is inside. If this, remember, they went into Clemson last year and won. They're at home, and, and look, it's the night, and it's the night. Yes, that sandstorm gets going. William Bryce is actually. I think it's probably one of the more underrated venues in college football because look what's called what it is south carolina is not known for being great at football it's just what it is so you don't think of huge big games being played there but man even watching on tv you can tell that crowd gets into it at night this game these two fan bases do not like each other it's gonna it's gonna be an atmosphere so south carolina can get something going early get that crowd into it it might give clemson some problems yeah i I agree with you man and i just i don't know i've been I've looked at this game all week. I'm like, man, there's no way uh, South Carolina is going to beat Clemson. But then I've thought about it. I'm like, man, I don't know. It's that night. They're an underdog. They got everything to play for. So I'm going to roll the dice, man. Go the Gamecocks. That little sandstorm will do. Yeah, that's that's, that's on my bucket list of going to a a night game there. Maybe one day. Uh, That'd be a fun trip. So let's jump to the final two here. We're going to do. We're going to. First, going to do number five, Florida State, eleven and zero. We kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier. They will be at Florida, who's five and six. Six o'clock on ESPN. Florida State's a six and a half point favorite in this one. The over under is forty nine and a half. Unfortunately, like you said, the Jordan Travis injury, Grant Mertz won't be playing this one either. It is the ba- uh, the battle of the backup quarterbacks. Yeah, and and I don't think any of us can predict what's going to happen. I mean, as like we talked about earlier, Florida has been efficient on offense. They got a great running game. 
So uh, then TNA and and Johnson there. So this is another one, man. I, I don't I don't know. They got if they they're playing for six. They're playing for a bowl game as well, you know. And in the swamp at night, uh, backup quarterback. So who the hell knows what's going to happen? I think Florida State gets a win, but uh, I, I could see Florida upsetting them. I say, I think Florida State gets a win, maybe about four points. The thing is with this game with Florida State, I think Tate Rotomaker, he's one, he's got weapons around him to get the ball to. He's got Johnny Wilson, as we talk about all the time. You got Keon Coleman. You got a Jaheim Bell tied in. You got Trey Benson at running back. The offensive line is solid. And then also defensively, Jared Verse. Those guys they've got on that side of the ball. They've got – they've obviously – Florida State's got the better defense of the two. Sure. And the thing is with Tate is just distribute the ball. Don't make mistakes to cost. And uh, the thing that he doesn't do that Jordan Travis did do is the run element with the quarterback. So that does make it easier to key on Trey Benson at running back. So I'm – how that goes, the running game. I think it's going to be very important. I like Florida State, too. I think they're going to win this game just because I think they're still just more talented all around than Florida, and particularly on the defense side of the ball. I think they can, they'll can. they probably be able to limit what Florida can do offensively. That's just my opinion on that one. But, yeah, the run game, getting Trey Benson going, I think that's going to be a huge key for this game and next week when they play Louisville. Yeah, and you, 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 you something here, too, to key on is uh, special teams, punt returning here. That could mm-hmm. come up big. Florida's got a good good return game. FSU does too. So something like that could be a big play in the game and turn the game around. Yeah, and you know with Florida too, especially now with Graham Mertz. Now I believe uh, Max Brown, the quarterback that played last week, he's more of a runner. He brings yep. more of that element of the run game. But with ETN too, Florida wants to run the ball. That's at, probably actually their strength with their. Yeah offense is their run game so it's kind of like with both of them who who can establish the run early with these yeah. two inexperienced quarterbacks that's, that's, that's the biggest thing to me yeah man i mean if, like i said florida's offense isn't the problem so this mm-hmm. i mean this could this could turn into a shootout pretty quick yeah it could so we're at the final one everybody probably knows where we're going uh the iron bowl Number eight, Alabama, 10-1 on the year. They will be playing in the SS Championship game next week against Georgia. But first business to attend to with Auburn. Auburn is 6-5, coming off that disappointing 31-10 loss against New Mexico State. 2-30 on CBS, the final time of the Iron Bowl on CBS, at least for the foreseeable future. Alabama is a 14-point favorite in this one. The over-under is 48-and-a-half. Uh, Matt, I want to go with you first. Can Auburn – upset Alabama at home? Uh, I, don't, I don't know, but stranger things have happened, and especially in this game in, in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Uh, after the performance last weekend with a, a quarterback, Diego Pavia, uh, and you look at Jalen Milrow, who's probably a lot more talented than him as far as running ability and being a physical specimen, but Pavea gave Auburn's defense fits, and they also controlled the ball for over 30 minutes in the game, limited Auburn to 10 first downs, 200, a little over 200 yards of total offense. So New Mexico State dominated Auburn. I don't care what anybody says about Auburn didn't play good. They just got their butt kicked, period. That's all, that's all there is to it. Uh, so if I'm Nick Saban, I'm sitting here going, okay, that team just dominated them running the ball and with the athletic quarterback – we're going to do the exact same thing pretty much. I mean, that's, that's, we got, I got a blueprint. Now, 
Mm-hmm. Will Auburn come out as flat as they did last week? Or I, I, and again, I'm, I'm I'm hesitant to say they came out flat, but they did to to a degree. But they also got beat, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, with Jason McClellan, Roto Williams, Bama's running game. I mean, I think they're going to be able to run the ball on Auburn. Uh, the only th- the only pathway to I think Auburn getting a win is first of all they're going to have to score points. All right, they're going to have to score I think at least four touchdowns, at least, and they're going to have to get they're going to have to sack Milrow and get a turnover or two. Okay, and uh, because I mean Alabama has been they're playing lights out right now on all sides of the ball. You know they're one of the best teams at sacking the quarterback. Dallas Turner's got seven sacks. Their secondary's playing good. That freshman defensive back, his name escapes me right now, has a great punt returner too. Uh, so they got a lot of ways to beat you. So I'm, I'm going to go with Alabama, you know, probably 35 to, to 23, something like that. Yeah, I think I think the Auburn we saw there in the three-game winning streak is the Auburn we're going to see here. Um, I just can't – being in Jordan-Hare – Look, I don't think they're going to play with the same kind of lack of effort or lack of whatever they had last week. But my my concern has been through the whole time about this Auburn before last week, even when they was on the three-game winning streak. Their defense is really good with the starting 11. But once you get past those 11 players, they don't have any – they have no depth there. I mean, so they get tired. They get worn down. I feel like that's what's going to happen. I'm kind of with you on the score. I think Alabama's going to win this thing, not by 14, but by probably about 10 points, like a maybe a 35, 24, kind of like what you said in there. But I think Auburn makes this thing interesting for like two and a half quarters, but maybe second half of the third quarter, Alabama pulls away. They're going to have to get pressure on Milrow. And most Alabama games this year, he gets sacked about four or five times. Auburn's going to have to do that. And they're just going to have hope that Jalen Miro falls back into some of his old habits of just throwing the ball up and get some interceptions. Because Auburn is good at picking off the quarterback. Uh, Jalen yes. Simpson is tied for second in the SEC. He has four interceptions on the year. DJ James has played well at, at times. Nehemiah Pritchett. They've got players on defense, I think, that can help them. And then Peyton Thorne and offense are just going to have to make plays. You're right. they got to score points. But the defense is going to do a lot in this game just to keep it where the offense can stay in it. Yeah, and I and I also think like if Auburn gets into a fourth and one or fourth and two early in the game in their own territory, punt the ball. With Auburn has got the Oscar Chapman is a tremendous punter. Uh-huh. I mean, he's got a he's got a big leg. Well, they're they're kicking McPherson's a great kicker too. So I, I just don't give don't give you can't give Alabama any momentum as far as that is i mean stay in the game with them you know keep punching for punch with them i mean and 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 look man we both know i mean auburn's they're tough to beat in that stadium and and, georgia nick saban knows that better than anybody (laughs) yes yeah i mean who knows i mean and and look man alabama's defense has been scored on a little Mm. but uh i just i think peyton thorne i mean he's the key too i mean how well he plays i mean and Auburn's just been so inconsistent on offense. You just don't know. They're kind of like Arkansas. You don't know how they're going to play, or you know. And uh, but yeah, man, depth is also a big issue with with the Tigers. Yeah, and then obviously the last thing too with the Auburn side of things, look, Alabama and the deep in the secondary, you got to prevent the deep pass. 
because that's what Alabama wants to do. They want to hit the receivers deep. That's what Jalen Miro is good at. So you got to stop that too. But Alabama's going to look to do that because that's part of their offense and lean on the running game. But for Auburn too, Jark West Hunter, you got to get him going somehow. He was playing so well before last week. And then the fact is, what well, Peyton Thorne had 17 carries and he had eight. I, th- that was another thing with last week. I mean, I, that was, you know, mind blowing really. But Jark West Hunter, get him, Damari Austin, Brian Petit, all those running backs go into as well. Yeah. I mean, you got to try. I mean, but like, dude, I, I, I was like, what is, what is going on? You know, I mean, and, and uh, 27 yards for Jarquez Hunter after he'd been going off for over 100. I, I Look, man, here's the thing, too, with running backs. And I, I, I'm a firm believer in this. You got to give them the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was like Derrick Henry. I had him on my fantasy team like four years ago. And the, the head coach of the Packers was calling their plays. And he'd give him like 10 or 13 carries a game. And uh, he he'd rush for like forty yards. You got to give a guy like that the ball, because mm-hmm. he he pounds you as the game goes on, and then he starts breaking runs because he's a downhill runner. I mean, and like Jarquez, Jarquez is a home run hitter. I mean, and all it takes is one play for him to go seventy yards. You only give him the ball eight times in an entire game, which New Mexico State also limited Auburn's time of possession. They they control the ball. Yeah, they so, did. You got to give running backs the ball, period. Yeah. So we'll see. We both got Alabama, but we'll see. How, well, we, we know stranger things have happened at Jordan Hare Stadium in the Iron Bowl. That, that is for certain. But, uh, Matt, as we get out of here, uh, let the folks know about uh, Field Level Media. Yeah. Go check it out. There's all kind of previews of top 25 college football games, NBA, college basketball, NHL. So previews, recaps are up right after the games are over. Uh, betting trends, if you're into that. I mean, fantasy, some fantasy stuff. So go check it out, fieldlevelmedia.com. And everybody, have a happy Thanksgiving. All right. Absolutely. And, uh, Matt, thank you for coming on. And you have a great Thanksgiving as well. And uh, we'll do this again next week, and uh, we'll preview championship weekend. Sounds good, buddy. Have a good one, man. All right, remember, you can follow me on social media at PJordanSEC. The podcast is available over at WiregrassDailyNews.com or wherever you get your podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you leave just four stars, you are just a straight-up hater. You can also email me at sports.fieldjordan at gmail.com and read all my written work over at Last Word on college football. We'll be back with some more podcasts, maybe a Sunday night recap pod of the weekend. We'll have the high school football stuff covered for you as well as we are in the third round of the playoffs. Uh, we'll talk. We'll do all that. Still got some Wiregrass teams playing. And, of course, all the good stuff we got coming up next week for championship week in college football. Anyways, I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. Don't eat too much turkey. But, anyways, enjoy the football this weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.